Hey, we in. What's going on? What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Chris and Kyle show. He's Chris. I'm Kyle. This is Spoilers. Fantastic Beasts. The Crimes of Grindelwald. That's it. That's it. You gave the shortened version. No, that's what it really is. Is did they change it? Yeah, they what, changed did it, it used to be? It was originally Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Too: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm. And they shortened it. But rightly so. Yeah, rightly I'm glad so they did. for sure. It was way too long. Some nonsense. So let's jump right into this and get some some deets. Directed by David Yates, the same man who directed the previous film, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is set to direct the rest of the films in this five-village-y... Five what do you call a five-movie? What's the word for trilogy? So, so five. Pen, pentology? Pentology? My pentology. I know two is duology. Yeah, I think it's pentology. What's th- what's four? Quattro. <laughs> Just quattro? <laughs> You're not even going to put an ology to it? Qua- Squareology. Quatrology? It's probably quatrology. Or quadri- we need quadrilogy? To- Quadrilogy, maybe. We need to use these words more because I want to know them. Uh, yeah, he also directed uh, Harry Potter movies five through eight in the in the franchise. Other than that, I think he just did like The Legend of Tarzan. He's not really known for much else outside of Harry Potter. Yeah, that and a whole bunch of TV, right? Yeah, a lot of TV stuff. Written by, by herself, J.K. Rowling. Who's that? She is the author of the Cormoran Strike novels, though she uses a pseudonym. <laughs> That's how Who is you Cormoran work. Strike? It's her other book series she writes. She uses like a, uh, what's the dude? She uses a dude's name as her name. She has a, is a pseudonym, uh-huh. a pen name of a dude. Robert Galbraith, I think the name is. I think I'm getting that right. So the Cormoran Strike novels by Robert Galbraith is actually J.K. Rowling writing an adult mystery series. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she's, I mean, a little bit more famous for writing the Harry Potter books. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, so it's like. Straight from the source, huh? Yeah, which I think is pretty cool because she um, writes the scripts by herself. I think that's kind of interesting. <coughs> Why do you find that interesting? Just because it's a different medium. The fact that she doesn't have a, like a professional screenwriter like, yeah. doing it along with her I think is interesting. All right, so synopsis. The IMDb synopsis sucks, so I went to Rotten Tomatoes and got a longer one. Do you have both of them? No, no but I remember. I can tell you the IMDb one. What is it? The next installment of the Fantastic Beasts franchise from J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World as we follow Newt Scamander, Magizoologist. Something like that. It's really lame. That's like if someone the didn't know the thing. movie. If, if yeah. someone didn't know the movie at all and were to guess what the synopsis that, of the yeah. movie were. Yeah, exactly. So this one is a little bit more in-depth. It says... At the end of the first film, the powerful dark wizard, Gellert Grindelwald, was captured by the Magical Congress of the United States of America with the help of Newt's commander. But, making good on his threat, Grindelwald escaped custody and has set about gathering followers, most unsuspecting of his true agenda, to raise pure-blood wizards up to rule over all non-magical beings. In an effort to thwart Grindelwald's plans, Albus Dumbledore enlists his former student, Newt's commander, who agrees to help unaware of the dangers that lie ahead. Lines are drawn as love and loyalty are tested, even among the truest friends and family in an increasingly divided wizarding world. That's a very long synopsis. Yeah, it's really long. 
Like I, there needs to be a happy medium there. I feel like mm-hmm. that's way too long. Yep. Anyways. So, okay. So what confuses me, right? So he was captured by the magical Congress. The of, Makusa. The Makusa. Magical. Wait, I got you. Magical yeah. Magical Congress, Congress of, of the United States of America. America. Right. But at the beginning of, of. It said American. Ministry, Ministry of, of Magic. Magic. I think that was for Dumbos like you who would have been like, what's Makusa if they wrote it? Because it's essentially just the Ministry of Magic for America. But it's just a, its own. First off, don't say dumb, uh, dumb uh, dummies like me because I noticed at the beginning of the movie. Right, I was like, that you. wasn't the name of the Ministry right, of Magic in America. You, I think your casual moviegoer would have been confused if they put Makusa on the screen. And putting Magical Congress of the United States of America is kind of long. Right. Okay. I think that's the that's the the best explanation I can think of as to why they did that. It's just an easier line to draw. Yeah, it just it distracted me for a, yeah. a couple Yeah, seconds. I thought the same thing. I was like, that's kind of weird that they You want to run through the cast? Yeah, for sure. So, I put a bunch of people in here. I basically so up front, the plot of this movie is pretty thick. There's a lot that happens mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people involved. So, I basically included everyone important that's there for the final confrontation. Those cuz they're basically the people we follow throughout the film. Uh, the lead is obviously Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, two-time Oscar nominee, one-time winner, um, known for Les Mis, The Theory of Everything, which he won his Oscar for, and The Danish, the Danish Girl, which he was his other nomination was for. Uh, Eddie Redmayne's you know, pretty accomplished dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine Waterston as Porpentina, a.k.a. Tina Goldstein. Uh, you might know her from Inherent Vice, Alien Covenant. She was in Steve Jobs. Yeah. Uh, all-star Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski. What else have you seen Dan Fogler Bro, He's in? not in a lot. I put Balls of Fury on here. He's not known from a lot of movies. I specifically recognize him the most from the show The Goldbergs. Okay. Where he plays their uncle. And he's right. like, he's like, you know, he's crazy. He's um, also in Take Me Home Tonight. You ever seen that movie? Mm, I don't think so. It's over Grace? No. Yeah. He's in a lot of like raunchy comedy. Yeah, raunchy like. like goofy shit. Like yeah. where he plays like he's the... very funny in these movies. Yeah. I mean, he's a funny, funny in general, but in the Fantastic Beast movies, he's very funny. Um, the next one I've got is Allison Sudol as Queenie Goldstein. What do you know about her? Queenie Goldstein about Allison Sudol. Uh, not not much. That's because she's not been acting for very long. She has basically no real acting credits outside of a couple, you know, spot things. She's a singer. She's been a singer for like her whole career. She recently started acting. Uh, she is known as a fine frenzy as a singer, and she has four albums. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. interesting. Uh, then we've got uh, Warner Brothers' favorite actor in the world, Ezra Miller, uh, as Credence Barebone. I say the joke about the Warner Brothers thing because while being in the Wizarding World franchise, he's also in their DC universe. He plays the Flash in Justice League. And he was probably most known before he kind of blew up in these big roles from the perks of being a wallflower, mm-hmm. which he was ironically in with Emma Watson drawing connections. I don't know if it's ironic, but that's not, yeah, it's, it's coincidental. Just, it's coincidental. Yeah. Um, then I've got Zoe Kravitz as Lita Lestrange. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, yes, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. If, if you're wondering, and, uh, she was in Mad Max Fury Road. She was in X-Men first class. I feel like she's been in a bunch of stuff, but I can't. Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet's. Yeah. Uh, daughter. Yeah. Yes. Don't forget uh, then her. I've got Callum Turner as Theseus Scamander. Uh, he was in War and Peace. He was in Green Room. Not super well-known guy that I know of outside of that. Uh, then I've got William 
Nadilam, Nad, Nadilam, N-A-D-Y-L-A-M. He's French. Uh, as Yusuf Kama, he was in some French stuff. He's basically just got a bunch of French films on his resume, which I think is kind of cool because he was a French dude in the movie too, so that's kind of fun. Then I've got Claudia Kim as Nagini, which we'll get into it, but that ended up not meaning anything in this movie. Um, she was in Avengers Age of Ultron. She was in The Dark Tower. She was in the show Marco Polo on Netflix. She is a pretty famous Korean actress, but not as famous in the States. Uh, then we've got our kind of our two biggest headliners, probably. Uh, the controversial Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald. Don Johnny Depp's got three Oscar nominations. Probably most famous for being Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. He was in Sweeney Todd. And Finding Neverland was his other Oscar nomination. Uh, yeah, if you don't know who Johnny if you don't Depp know who Johnny Depp is, why are you listening to this show? <laughs> you, what do you like about this? <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, uh, which I'm so proud of, you know, making the decision for them, is Jude Law as Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Jude Law, two-time Oscar nominee, known for the talented Mr. Ris Ripley. He was in the Grand Budapest Hotel, another nom for uh, Cold Mountain. And he was in Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. And he's going to be in the upcoming Marvel film, Captain Marvel. That's your cast. Big cast, a lot of characters. All right, let's get into the actual movie. Uh, yeah. Can we, can I just, as a precedent, can we set aside any talk about the twist thing for later so it doesn't uh, convolute talking about the movie? Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. So we'll talk about the twist later because it's. All right. It's heavy. Okay. Okay. So what would you rate this movie? Like on the, on the Chris and Kyle uh, show scale? On the Chris and Kyle scale, on the TCAC scale, what do you have it as? I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and my I think my, my personal love of the franchise would bump it up more than maybe what it is. But I'd probably give it around an 8-ish. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, I would, I would say maybe a 6 or a 7. Yeah, and I'm going to bump it higher. Just like on, on an IMDb scale, I'd say it's a solid 7. Mm -hmm. um, like it's it's recommendable. Certainly. Like, uh there isn't really as much there isn't as much cons as there is like oh maybe that could have been better kind of kind of stuff okay. uh, i would say like you know it's it doesn't yeah yeah like there isn't as much bad stuff i would say the the big thing for me is. would be that it feels to me like jk rowling is still um, her ideas are still meant for books. There's so much going on in this movie that it's hard to fit into a movie. Mm -hmm. It's just hard. There's so many characters. There's so many plot threads. And on top of that, she's she's laying the groundwork for a five-film five series. So there's just all these things that are left kind of open-ended. And I kind of look at it the same way I look at the Star Wars movies now in terms of you know the, the main thread Star Wars movies, where when you go into the next installment, you kind of have to expect to leave not completely fulfilled, having more questions and not having everything answered because in, at the end of the day, I think when you look back on the fantastic beasts movies, you know, in 15, 20 years, I think you're going to look back on them as a whole and not as individuals mm -hmm. because that's going to be the story. The story is going to be what happens over all five movies more than what happens in any one movie. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. No, I completely agree yeah. with you. Um, that like it, it's hard judging, uh, the individual quality of each movie when you don't, when you don't have the entire whole. Exactly. Um, and yeah, like you said, like, uh, it, her 
writing is sort of meant for books. I mean, she still wrote a fucking incredible movie. Yeah. Um, but it is convoluted. That that is the only con that I have mm-hmm. for this movie. It's just is that it's, it's, there's just so much. Th- th- yeah, there's parts that are dense, and mm-hmm. if, um, if you're not really paying attention, if you're you'll not miss a lot of stuff on top of of everything. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna get confused. Yeah. Um, when you get to that like that final confrontation kind of scene in the graveyard when everyone shows up in the same place like right before the graveyard pretty much there was like a lot of exposition and backstory there which like kind of i I didn't like Mm -hmm. um as much if if like only one character did it then that would be fine but Mm -hmm. like they had two characters doing it which kind of it made sense in the moment because of the context of the story Mm um you mean when uh yusuf was telling about how he was related to Lita, and then Lita had to explain what happened to the baby, her brother that was assumed dead, who may or may not have been Credence. It's very, very. You know, yeah, there's a lot of confusing. De- yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, of details. details. Yeah, and it's, it's weird because like now that I've seen it, I understand it. You know, I get what happened. I I understand the connections with everything. But it, if you are not locked in while you watch this movie, you're gonna get especially lost through the first time. I think that uh, if you. Um, I think it's like multiple viewings are probably going to reward yeah. a lot more uh, mm-hmm. things. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of things that went unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, especially if you're not a huge Harry Potter nerd. Um, What's that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I'd give it like a six or a seven. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And that's like your biggest con would be the just the, how convoluted. I, I, I have a, I have, a, I have, I have like a weird hitch with the word convoluted, because when you say something is convoluted to me, that means that if you sat down and examined it, it still wouldn't make sense. But to me, if you do that with this movie, it's it makes sense. No, I don't think that's what convoluted. That's not what convoluted means. No, I, I okay. that's not how I use it. At okay. least uh, when I say convoluted, I just mean that it's very plotty. Yeah, um, it's and, certainly very plot. And there's a lot of uh, threads of plot that you sort of have to weave together in order to understand what what yeah, else. Yeah, that's on. certainly true. I just have, maybe I have this weird catch up um, with the term. Just it because, makes me think that something doesn't flow right, right. If, if you broke it down. No, no, no. Like I don't, I don't think. Um, no, you can have something that completely follows a logical progression. So would you say like your is the Dark Knight convoluted? Because of all, everything that's happening in it, uh, I would say that there's so much happening in it that you. But like, the difference with a Dark Knight is, I feel like the stakes are still understood if you, even if you don't understand the plot lines of it, right? Okay. So when you have. Um, Like there's so much emotional context that you have to kind of know with uh, with Fan- Fantastic Beasts too. Mm-hmm. Um, that like the information that the characters give you, especially in that specific point when you have those two characters mm-hmm. that give their backstory and they explain all these sort of like elaborate like, oh, you're my half sister, and yeah. then he married another person, mm-hmm. and then he had a kid with that person, and then that person got he, he sucked. That, he that was horrible. Kid got switched with another yeah baby, with another baby so on a boat and then the boat sank hold on. yeah that, yeah there's a lot it, it was yeah it was just a lot of information um 
I don't remember there being any points in the Dark Knight where like a lot of the stuff in the Dark Knight was like, oh, we have to go get this person mm-hmm. for this reason. Well, I think maybe the you know, I and think- the reason there was like kind of like. A, kind of hard to understand but you still know you have to go get this person yeah you know do you um, think maybe that just the the pacing is better through the dark knight uh it, it's longer right i, I don't think fantastic this movie's Beast, over two hours the fantastic beast was. Dark, dark knight's movie. like two i think they're both hours. like close to two and a half uh i, I think this was like two hours and ten minutes i would maybe. say it's distributed better um yeah maybe pacing is the wrong word maybe distribution of information like i don't remember any uh there, there is a lot of exposition and shit. And I don't know. Yeah, it feels like it's paced better yeah. uh, in The Dark Knight specifically. Yeah, you are. we are hit with almost all of the information right before the climax mm-hmm. in terms of the mystery of, of figuring out who Credence is. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because in terms of overall storyline, as an audience, I think that's not the thing that we care about the most, who is Credence. I think the thing that we care about the most is stopping Grindelwald. Right. True, but you can't really like um, exclude those plot lines from each other. You know, they can't that's exist true. in a vacuum because Credence is so important to what Grindelwald wants to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. It, I guess it just kind of feels like this being such a you know a five movie series that we're only two movies into. It's almost like well, you know, if they could just stop Grindelwald now, the rest of the movies wouldn't even matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if you could either convince Credence to join Dumbledore's side or just actually succeed at capturing Grindelwald now, the rest of the movies wouldn't even have to happen. But we know that in the final movie, we're going to lead up to the 1947 duel between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. We know that's going to happen. Okay. Do you know that's going to happen? I don't think everybody knows that's going to happen. The informed audience (laughs) member knows that whatever you just said the Dumbledore is going to fight Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series in the books and in the in the movies of Harry Potter one of Dumbledore's most famous achievements it's on his chocolate frog card oh really yeah it says that he's famous for discovering 12 uses of dragon's blood <laughs> he's famous for his work with the Philosopher's Stone with Nicolas Flamel and he's famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald it's like his biggest achievement as a he got a order of Merlin first class for it I am being such a nerd right now. <laughs> that that's fine. Dude. I know. Yo, we need it. <laughs> yeah. Um. W- did you like the first one or this one more? Uh, I would say that they're different. They're very um, different. They're really different, and there was. I would say I probably like this one more. I definitely like this one more. I like this one more. It's um the first one was a lot. It wasn't as plotting no, or convoluted. Much lighter. It was very. It was very uh, just it was it was very much dip your toe in the water mm-hmm. of what we're getting into. I think that like keep as I keep saying, looking back at the whole when this is all over, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them is gonna almost feel like a prequel sort of to the prequel in a way. Like I think the the main plot of the of the series is almost untouched in the first movie. Right. The first movie was very much just setting up why Credence is important and what mm-hmm. he can do. And we don't even know that Grindelwald is a part of anything until the very end. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's not even in it. And I think Dumbledore's going to be super important in the rest of the movies. Right. Um, my other con with this movie, uh, like I said this uh, coming out of the movie, mm-hmm. like I, 
I'm not a huge fan of the Johnny Depp casting. Yeah. Uh, that there was a lot of controversy. You brought this up uh, earlier. The controversy of uh, Johnny Depp being casted in this movie after he had, he he was accused accused of. Domestic, um, domestic violence. Domestic violence with Amber Heard. Yeah, by his And they've ex, been divorced Amber since Heard. then and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah, and I don't know everything about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not well-versed in the on the mm-hmm. entire controversy, yeah. but that wasn't my problem. I think what we do know is that, one, Which Johnny, Johnny Depp? Depp's like a crazy dude. Yeah. yeah. And two, I know that J.K. Rowling was, was confronted about this mm-hmm. because J.K. Rowling is a very outspoken person when it comes to... Um, a lot of progressive ideas, you know, uh, diversity in, in her in her stuff. She's even been accused herself of shoehorning progressive stuff into her stories. Like, right. she, um, they'll say that you didn't make Harry Potter diverse until after it was done because you went back and you said things like, oh, yeah, Dumbledore was gay the whole time. Or mm-hmm. uh, Hermione can be black in the play. It doesn't matter. It, it's not, it doesn't affect the character anyway. Things that people, I think people kind of overreact to a little bit. I think that, People like hate J.K. because of these things. There's some people like that. Right. People that love Harry Potter but feel like J.K. Rowling is like belittling them because yeah. she included these things in a reverse way. Yeah. But to me, it's I mean, did Dumbledore being gay? I mean, the the books and movies are from Harry's point of view. How would that have been a natural thing? I understand why it wasn't included, and I think that going forward, we're gonna see that. I think in this movie we see that for, for sure. sure. Yeah, it's already being laid down. Yeah, this homosexual undertone. That his his relationship with Grindelwald and and what that's mm-hmm. gonna be, you know, going into this story. But the thing with Johnny Depp is, yes, uh, a lot of people were upset that she okayed his casting as the character. Mm-hmm. But you were saying your problem isn't with it's the not, controversy because, like you said, we're not fully versed in everything that happened. We don't know, yeah, everything, but. You just didn't find him menacing, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't find him menacing. Uh, like I, I like Johnny Depp as an actor. Uh, I think fucking Jack Sparrow is, is is as classic as you can get, yeah. as iconic as you can get with a character, um, and fucking super fun. I, like the the first Pirates movie, first and second w- would probably be like in my top twenty. Uh, fucking favorite movies. I, oh, wow. I really okay. like that movie. Awesome. Um, probably one, like one of the greatest like theater experiences I had too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I don't, and I don't think that he can't play someone menacing. Um, I, I, so but he is, menacing. specifically, uh, specifically as Grindelwald, I don't feel like I, f- I feel like he's supposed to be more scary than he is. And I'm not talking, and we talked about like mm-hmm. superficiality of, uh, of, of terror. Yeah. Um, and I don't, think that has to exist but i wasn't very like i I didn't feel seduced at all by his character you know i didn't feel like he was very like like he was he was drawing me in at all Mm -hmm. um i was just like oh and that's that's important because that's supposed to be sort of the factor of grindelwald is his seductive allure as a leader Mm -hmm. the way he's able to suppose he can convince people that his ideas are right and that the greater good thing is the way that all of wizard kind should be sort of enforcing their will on the world. Um, and a, I think a, a big um, con in terms of sort of general appeal, what a lot of people have been saying about the movie is a lot of people didn't buy into Queenie switching sides because they, one, they just don't think that it fits the character and two, maybe they just weren't convinced enough by the arguments. I, I buy into it. I And I think we talked about this too after we watched the movie. I think we buy into it as a story piece 
find it very compelling. The idea that she can be a lord to this side because of her desire to be with with Jacob, who's a muggle, and in America is illegal for her to be with. Yeah, I, 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 I think like it's very compelling as a story piece, mm-hmm. and maybe the execution of it was just a little off. I agree. I agree, and I would say that like that the execution of it was off for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I I didn't feel, I wasn't enticed by Johnny Depp's the way that he sold his mm-hmm. side to her, you know. I just it wasn't there for me even though the, all of the reasons for it being there. Yeah, it were checked there. the boxes, but it didn't it, it wasn't didn't, there. Yeah. Like it just But it I, didn't wrap the present. <laughs> yeah. Um uh and two the her switching sides during the climax. Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with like her doing and it like in front. Yeah. Of, is it mostly because what's his name? Kowalski. Jacob. Jacob Kowalski is literally like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Like, and you would think that as someone who's in love with some, if, if you're in love with him, mm-hmm. him pointing out the fact that joining this dude who literally just talked about how muggles are lesser than, mm-hmm. in a he, he kind of, he was like, they're not lesser than they're different, but whatever, you know, he clearly has a lower opinion of people like Jacob. Right. And she's okay with that because selfishly what Grindelwald wants will give her the opportunity to get what she wants mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. And JK Rowling, I watched a, a, a video of her talking about Grindelwald and his philosophies mm-hmm. uh, and how uh, alluring and seductive uh, he was as a person. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if he's somebody that if, you look into what he's saying more, it starts to fall apart. Yeah. Um, but if you're not paying attention and if you're paying more attention to your emotions, um, that you'll be incredibly seduced. That makes by a lot of sense. The, the things that, that he can say. And, and Queen is an extremely paper, emotional person. Yeah. And on paper, it seemed like that made a lot of sense. Like mm-hmm. what JK Rowling was getting across. I just, don't feel like it was. It was it's like it just fell short. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it's it, not bad. It just no. it just falls short. Yeah, like of, uh, yeah, really I, I buying into it. It wasn't. I wasn't distracted by his performance in any way. I was just like, do you think that if I'm not even talking about the casting, but if if they didn't just do so much weirdness to him, if he didn't look so odd, do you think it would help find him more uh, like seductive and alluring? Because he's so dis- he's distracting looking. He's got the weird eye. He's got the weird blonde hair that Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp's like they make him so pale. Maybe. Do you think if he looked like, uh, like if it was just Johnny Depp, if it was just Johnny Depp, maybe uh, yeah. Would Grindelwald be more enticing? I don't know. Or if they just casted a normal blonde person, like I, you know, you might say, you know, I don't, I don't know if I fully bought into Johnny Depp's performance, and you could debate who would you rather see in that role. I don't know. I I, I literally tried tried to recast that role and I was like I can't really find anybody in my head mm-hmm. uh, like and the the actors that I was like oh that would be really cool I was like oh but that that kind of character has already been done before um, like uh, somebody that I thought of uh, was uh, Michael Sheen mm-hmm. and I was like oh no like fucking he kind of played a character like this in Underworld mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean like like there were, there, were, I, there was a lot of times when I was like just scrolling through IMDB yeah. looking for names and like I was like oh like that kind of fits the age and um, they they would bring a lot more mm-hmm. of a menacing yeah the, I think the age makes it a little bit more difficult because you know there's guys like uh, you know like a Chris Pine or something that you that I think would be fun to see take a, twi- a twist like that as right. a role yeah. but he's too young true but 
But you also have prosthetics. I mean, that's like, true. Just because they're young. But I think in terms of just, um, I think they wanted a name. Right. I think that was a big thing with Grindelwald. It's because I mean, really, when Eddie Redmayne was casted, I think it was right after his first Oscar nominee nomination. Maybe I don't know. He wasn't as you know. He's he not wasn't as big, the Eddie yeah. Redmayne he is today. Right. And outside of that, Johnny Depp's the only big name in the movie. In the first movie, and he was a surprise. Colin Farrell was in the first movie, but he was playing Johnny Depp's character. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that, you know, um, Alice, like I said, Alison Zola was a singer. Um, Fogler, Dan Fogler, kind of not really known for much outside of raunchy comedies. Uh, yeah. What's her name that plays Tina? Not known for much until after Fantastic Beasts. She got the Alien Covenant role and some other stuff. Uh -huh. None of them are very well-known actors, so I think that the one thing the one kind of big actor they wanted to land was for Grindelwald. And Johnny Depp's obviously a huge actor. Yeah, Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Well, I, mean, that's, I was going to say that coming into the second movie, then mm -hmm. they had to then counter that with who can play opposite that. And I think I, I've said before, Jude Law was my dream casting for the right. character. And I will say, I think even though he isn't given a ton to do in this movie, it's still, you know, kind of outside looking in at Dumbledore as a character. Mm -hmm. I still think he's really good. I agree. And I can tell that going forward, we're going to get some, meaty stuff out of out, out of Dumbledore Jude, out of Jude Law's Dumbledore yeah yeah apparently he just sat down with J.K. Rowling she told him a bunch of secrets yeah oh dude that she's like I'm never so told anybody before and yeah. I was like like even other people that have played Dumbledore yeah which is interesting oh, well I like mean Richard how did Harris it how did it affect else? you know Richard Harris and Michael Gambon right you know these these little details I don't know mm -hmm. I know that that's something that she's kind of famous for doing with the actors I know that she sat down with Alan Rickman at the first movie and told him all about Snape's history so he knew for the whole eight movie run before anyone in the world knew, you know, that he was in love with Harry's mom and stuff mm -hmm. all in the past. Like she, she's known for sharing these details mm -hmm. with actors so that they can tap into that for their performances, which I think is really cool. It's, it's a huge uh, plus to have someone like her that who like is obviously the, the source, the source yeah. of this uh, material, yeah. but also everything is so well fleshed out because she's lived in that world for so long. For so long, yeah. Um, so like even the stuff that didn't make its way to Paige, and she, she goes knows so about. she goes so deep into, you know, she'll go into side characters that you don't even think matter. Like I'll say, okay, for example, I said earlier I hinted that the character of Nagini was kind of useless in this movie. Right. We were hyped up with the with that one trailer where they revealed her name. Right. And the fact that she's a maledictus and she can turn into the snake and is she the snake that ends up with Voldemort in the Harry Potter series? I know there's going to be more to the character down right. the line. And I know that JK has oodles of knowledge about where she came from and where she's going. I, I'm confident in knowing that. So I'm not upset by the fact that there's not a lot for her to do in this movie because I know her moment's going to come. You know what I mean? Right. And I just think, yeah, I think it, it's just a, a juggling act of what's important now and what's going to be important later. And that's hard to do. And uh, like that's one thing that I found that I find kind of interesting about uh, about these movies, the the Fantastic Beasts movies, because there is a, a lot of you know references to the Harry Potter mm -hmm. universe and stuff like that. Uh, and it's not. There's a lot of times when you watch you know reboots and prequels and stuff like that. If I can. Predator, the most recent Predator reboot. The Predator. The, or, yeah, The Predator, yeah. the sequel. Mm -hmm. Sorry, not reboot. Um, there are constant references to the original Gets Predator the as well as Predator like 2. That. Yeah. Uh, and it's literally only there to reference the original. Yeah, one. it's 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 uh, it's like uh, 
scratching an itch. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. just so just to remind you, right? For don't forget Arnold. Yeah. Don't forget where this came from. Yeah. It's it's the the, the member berry culture. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, Remember, get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I feel like J.K. does a really good job of she she'll do that. You know, she'll she'll throw out those bones mm-hmm. and those member berries. Well, like having the 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 student in the flashback with Dumbledore's name is McLagan. Right. It means nothing. And I got I like giggled, and you were like, "Why does that matter?" Yeah, because it's just a fun connection to the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. So she'll sometimes she'll throw out those member berries, but like a lot of those can end up sprouting into uh, different plot lines and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like what you said with Nagini. Nagini isn't just a, a reference. I don't no, think, no, I think it's going to be important with whatever. the upcoming three yeah. movies that are going to come after this one uh, was released. Um, that she's going to go more into Nagini. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more. Do you think that they're going to bring uh, Nicholas Flamel? Nicholas uh, Flamel? Yeah. Um, do I think he'll be in it more? Yeah. Uh, or do you think that he's, I don't know. He 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 was another. He wasn't really important to this movie. Outside of they stayed in his house, mm-hmm. and then he showed up at the end to help them. It was right. kind of like he was thrown in there, right? Um, and I don't think he has to be important going forward. I think he could no, be. No, I agree. But but the uncertainty of those those bones that she throws you is yeah. kind of what. And there were some me. question marks like what was that book he was taught? There's 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 things that I think she needs to tie up, right? In terms of just kind of fan service. Why, why include that weird scene where he talks to the, they have to reference that like later on. Yeah. We, we kind of have to figure out what that was and, Uh and, and why that was able to convince him to do the right thing. And yeah, yeah, it's kind of a weird, but like I keep saying, it's something where if you, if you took this movie in a vacuum, you'd be like, why was Nagini in this movie? Why was Nicola Flamel in this movie? Why, you know, why are these things? And in the end, I think it's all going to make sense. And you, and you just have to be patient. I, 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 um, I had another, uh, kind of parallel thought to the new Star Wars trilogy, not only with the idea of waiting for the whole story to be over before you think about it, you know, sort of critically as a whole, but I kind of find the character of Credence to be kind of similar to Kylo Ren in a way. They're, they're kind of playing the same instrument, kind of, the, the idea of someone who is vulnerable enough to be swayed in both directions, and I think that's fun. I, I, I have gone on record and will continue to go on record that saying I think Kylo Ren is the best character in Star Wars. I love Kylo Ren. In all of Star Wars? Yeah. He's my favorite Star Wars character in terms of a combination of performance and um, the way I'm drawn to the character. Like, I think Han Solo is the coolest Star Wars mm-hmm. character. Harrison Ford's Han Solo specifically. Right. Like, if you go back and watch... You know, episode five, he's like the sexiest man that ever existed. (laughs) But I think in terms of like uh, the way I'm drawn to the character and I really want to know what's going to happen and I'm just really invested in the character's journey, Hmm. I think that Kylo Ren is, in my opinion, the best character in Star Wars. I like, I I mean, Finn is my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Finn too, but yeah. uh, He's my favorite out of the most recent Star Mm -hmm. Wars. I really like Kylo. A lot of people just, they hate Kylo Ren. Uh, I I think that there wasn't... He's whiny. Well, there was a lot of like reveals and stupid stuff that I don't feel like was well executed, especially within the first, uh, within Force Awakens. Mm as far as like character development stuff and the reveal of like who Kylo Ren was beneath the mask, uh, didn't have a lot of payoff. And I feel like the, hmm. the discomfort that people had in seeing that he was just a kid, 
Um, okay. Like was See, like, I like that people misappropriated that as like like that 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 weirdness as like oh this is stupid, hmm. you know. Um, See, I'm but, drawn to that. That's what I'm talking about. Like the sort of the vulnerability and, of the character yeah, is what really draws me and, into it. And uh, yeah, and I agree. And a lot of people, but a lot of people want a, a, a Darth Vader, like a like an iconic scary villain. Uh, yeah, that they, they want something, someone like super powerful. Yeah. Um, which I, I think both can be compelling. Yeah, they can both be I, good, I but I, I yeah. Uh, they already did Darth Vader. If you're going to, I think those same people would complain to you that the first, uh, that Force Awakens rehashed Star Wars. They would right. complain about that while also complaining that Kylo Ren isn't Darth Vader. It's silly. Right. Um, But but you could still make a, uh, a menacing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a threat mm-hmm. of a antagonist, you know, um, Without doing Darth Vader yeah, again, I, I, I look at a, a myriad of like fucking Norman Bates is menacing in a completely yeah. different way than uh, Darth Vader is. <clears throat> but uh, anyways, uh, we were talking about Kylo Ren. We were talking. I was about, connecting it to Credence's character. Okay, Credence's character. Um, I I like Credence. Um, I it. Yeah, did he? He got less screen time this in this movie than he did in the first he one. is he's a weird he's a weird kind of case study on screen time to story importance yeah because he in both movies doesn't get a lot in the first movie we kind of visit him occasionally while um percival graves colin colin farrell's character who's actually gellert grinwald in the disguise is trying to get him to find the obscurus for him and in this movie we kind of visit him occasionally while everyone's looking for him and all we get from him is that we know he's looking for his his parents he wants to know who his mother was and we get the one scene with um the 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 caretaker who brought him to america but outside of that there's not a lot of credence in either movie um i think that's interesting because of how important he is to the movie mm-hmm. but i think i'm i'm talking about sort of the vulnerability of the character and the five movies could go by and Credence could end up being a good guy or a bad guy, and either way, I I would be interested and simultaneously surprised and not surprised. Does that make sense? Right. And I feel the same way about Kylo Ren. So yeah, I feel like uh, they both are super similar as far as uh, you know they they could go either way. Mm-hmm. Did do you feel like Kylo is someone that? Like both sides are sort of like trying to fight for, you know, like they're trying to like, cause I think Credence in the is a movie Ray fought for Kylo. So, uh, I, they're not, they're not exact parallels. I'm just drawing yeah, uh, a, a right. similarity between No, no, no. I, yeah. I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, I, I really like this scene, um, uh, with his caretaker mm-hmm. and like, she like gives him a hug and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was just really like a really yeah. emotional moment yeah. and it showed. Well, I think, I think Ezra Miller is an amazing actor. I, yeah, I agree. And, even though he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. I think he makes the most of what he's given. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. I really like that scene. Were you distracted at all by like the, the nerd necking of both uh, Eddie Redmayne and um, Ezra Miller, like in their performances? The the what was the term? Nerd necking. So like because they're nerds, they kind of. So like literally, they both. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, no, I'm not distracted by it. I. I was like, they're they're literally both standing the exact yeah, same way. Yeah, they the both do movie. that thing where they they avoid human contact by mm-hmm. you know turning their heads. Mm-hmm. 
and it comes from a different place with each character, I think, which is kind of interesting. Uh, look, can we talk about Eddie Redmayne a little bit? Okay. I I didn't love Newt in the first movie. Actually, let me walk that back. When I first saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, I, I enjoyed it. I had a fun time. But I walked out of it being like, I don't really care about this movie as much as I think I'm going to care about the series as a whole. Because of your lack of connection with Newt's commander? Yeah. I, I just didn't care about Newt that much. Now, I rewatched it a couple days before we saw the sequel. Mm-hmm. I actually found that I liked it a lot more this that time watching it. Okay. Um I think that the I think when I the first time I saw it, I just kind of fit Newt in this box of being like he he just seemed like he didn't care about anything outside of himself and his creatures. And right. then I was kind of like why does he care about Jacob and Tina? I don't get it. It doesn't I didn't I didn't find that. I think the second time watching it I found it. Mm-hmm. I think I bought into it more. I think that it's just he's just one of those people that his whole life, um, he's been told that he's he's an outsider and that he's strange, so he just has a hard time letting people in. But he's the kind of person that when he lets you in, it's you know, it's a strong connection. And I I think the the um, the plot line with him saving the girl, trying failing trying and failing to save a girl in the first movie that he talks about, who was an obscurus, mm-hmm. and that's why he wanted to save Creedence so bad. Because in the end, he really he does really care about people. He's just withdrawn, mm-hmm. and he is a super weird dude. No, so so what do you think are the differences in the character of Newt Scamander versus Harry Potter? So I kind of brought up the similarities when we were talking about it very early on in this movie in in Crimes of Grindelwald, in the writing of the of the of the script and something that Dumbledore says to Newt. I thought directly correlated him to Harry and. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what the quote was, but it was something along the lines of you do what is right because it's right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, that is a conversation. You could rip Eddie Redmayne out of that scene and put Daniel Radcliffe in it. And that could have been a conversation between Dumbledore and Harry. Exactly. It's the exact same sort of, uh, I, I, I don't know if purity is the right word, mm-hmm. but it's the Gryffindor quality. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Eddie Redmayne or Newt isn't a Gryffindor, it's, it's this, um, it's just this goodness to both of the what characters. What is Newt? Newt is a Hufflepuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just this, this, this quality of goodness that's in both mm-hmm. characters. And is is kind of weird that they both have it because both of their upbringings were kind of not good. Yeah, they didn't have examples. Yeah, they didn't them. have the examples were, of that they goodness. Raised it's in just the innately way. in yeah. them, yeah. Um, Harry more so, I think. We don't know enough about Newt. I, I think we, Newt was bullied. And he has a, a strained relationship with his brother, mm-hmm. but Harry we know lived a horrible life growing up because of his you know his Muggle family hated him. Um, but you what you when you talk about comparing and contrasting Harry and Newt, you want to know about like the differences? Yeah, yeah. So what do you think are the differences? Well, I think Harry's a jock. It's funny if okay. you if you look at Harry Potter from like a if you if you said let's change Hogwarts to a normal school, Harry is a star athlete who skates by without trying in school and gets away with trouble all the time. True. Harry's kind of an asshole jock. If he were playing football, do you, what position do you think he'd, he'd be? He'd be the quarterback. Do you think he'd be the quarterback? Yeah, because he's the seeker. He's the most important player on the team. Okay. But, uh, all right. Not. right. I'm not talking in terms of physical stature. I'm talking in terms of character. Okay. He maybe doesn't have the... Uh, he, he's like a Matt Saracen quarterback... 
not a Jason Street quarterback, if that makes sense. Okay, that, talk about Friday Night Lights. All right, that might. Okay, I can I can see where you're going. I would say that he would be like a wide receiver. Also makes sense, okay. especially because they literally talk about him being fast. Yeah, <laughs> in the books. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like he, would he doesn't be a wide have receiver. the ego of a wide receiver, though. Huh? He doesn't have the ego of a. Of I don't a wide feel like you have to have an ego to be a wide receiver. Wide receiver is the most classically egotistical position in football. Yeah, but you don't have to have it, though. He'd be a slot receiver, is what you're saying. He'd be a slot receiver, <laughs> but he'd be like the best person. He'd be on the Wes team. Welker. <laughs> he'd be Wes Welker, but like he'd be the best uh, receiver on the team. He'd run the best routes and he'd have the best hands. Yeah, but he'd make the least explosive plays. <laughs> but he would always win the games. Yeah, yeah, I can see either. Um, but yeah, I think that's you know. But if you ripped Newt and put him in a real world school, he'd be you know the science nerd or something. You know, right? He'd be in a biology club or something yeah. while you know Harry's running around everyone loving him because he's a sports hero. Right. And I think, yeah, I think um, Harry's a little bit more extroverted uh, that way. Like he's not, which is weird because Harry isn't extroverted. He has two friends. I would say he's, yeah, he's, he's just more extroverted than more extroverted than Newt because Newt is, he isolates from himself. Yeah. They're both super introverted characters. Um, And Harry kind of, Harry's thing is he doesn't want the spotlight is kind of how that's always, he doesn't like having it on him. It just is because of who he is. Mm Mm-hmm. They kind of hinted at that a little bit with Newt, too. Uh, there was that one kind of throwaway line where uh, the the dude who helped him get out of the country with the port key, mm-hmm. the dirty-looking dude with the pot, he said something like, he, he raised the price. And he was like, oh, that's the price for fame, Mr. Scamander. And I was like, Newt's famous. It's so weird. But you don't think of him as being famous. But he's famous because he's a criminal. In that context. He's not a criminal in Britain. No, he's famous because his brother, one, his brother's a highly ranked Auror. He's like the right-hand man to the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Okay. The guy that looks like Mark Rylance and isn't Mark Rylance. And he's famous because of his book. People are like, you're a freak. You write this. You wrote this weird book about magical creatures, and they're all dangerous. Why do you love them so much? Like, the, he has this weird pariah syndrome about him. Wait, as a so character. he already wrote the book before? Yeah, yeah. I think they 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 uh, said something about how the book released in between movies. He, okay. Yeah. Oh, in between the first movie. Because it was like nine movie. months, I think, in between movies. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense then. Cause, yeah. Because I. I remember in the first movie, he at the end he says that he's going to write a book yeah. about. Well, that's where which the, ends up becoming the uh, character in terms of w- when we didn't know anything about the Fantastic Beasts movies, we knew about Newt Scamander because Harry has a textbook. Yeah, called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by, by Newt, Newt Scamander. Scamander. Yeah. yeah. Um, trying to think if there's other things I wanted to point out. Oh, I did want to. You kind of talked about. Um, you know, the the fan service and the difference between the member Barry kind of there's no point to it. And when there's something to it in terms of, you know, deriving plot threads or something, I think there's a scene that simultaneously builds character for Newt, Lita, Dumbledore, and in hindsight, Remus Lupin, which I think is so cool. Lupin being Harry's defense against a dark arts teacher in the third movie. Um, there's a scene where we see a flashback to when Newt is in school and Dumbledore is his Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher mm-hmm. and they do the Boggart lesson mm-hmm. that they did in the third movie and I just thought it was so cool. Right. The the <clears throat> the idea that not only did we learn Newt's fear of the desk and that was a funny bit 
And then we were terrified by the ominous figure that lead us on. We couldn't tell what it was. Mm -hmm. And we sort of saw Dumbledore as a teacher, which was cool. Cause you don't really see any of that when he's the headmaster. You don't really see him as a teacher as much. Mm -hmm. um, but also we enhanced upon the character of Lupin by showing how he, he clearly went through the same lesson as with Dumbledore and mm -hmm. he took that and he made it his own. And I just think that's so cool to see that mm -hmm. in Heinz. I just love that. Yeah. Like, like connecting those threads yeah. and you're like, Oh, okay. Like that's a backstory that existed that I, we I just didn't even, uh, do you feel like it's lazy at all? No, I think it enhances the characters. I, I agree with you that it enhances the characters. And I think that it's a, an incredible plot device. Um, like, and it's a really good way to, uh, to have exposition. So do you mean lazy in the sense of you didn't come up with another unique lesson idea? Uh, maybe, but like literally like the, um, the construction of the scene itself it's like right, the exact same almost. is the exact same. They don't same. have the wacky record player though. Uh, no, but Lupin like it literally, literally like both of the scenes end on a character yeah. seeing their own fear and it's ominous. It's an ominous white thing yeah. that you can't understand that you don't really understand. Yeah. You can't is. tell Lupin is a moon unless you already know yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's still, it's just a, it's a really good device. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so I didn't, when I was watching it, I wasn't like, like, Oh, this shit again. Yeah. Like, it was just, it's cool. It's a really, yeah. it's, it's a fun thing to see. Like, it's, and it's just like, it's such like just served up on a platter ways to, 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 to get character. And for me, just the idea that the creature gives your greatest fear and mm -hmm. just, it's just it's like, it's just, here's character information just thrusted at you so easily with yeah. that idea. Yeah. Um, hmm. Do you want to talk about the twist? Yeah, let's talk about the twist. So, part of the whole plot of the movie, for those who watch these and don't watch the movies for some reason, that we're trying to figure out who Credence's parents are. And it's being hinted at that there are, or it there are rumors, everyone keeps saying there's rumors, that... Credence is a Lestrange. He is uh, Lita's half-brother. Rumors, rumors within the story itself. Yes. Yes. Um, that is important to us because Lita keeps talking about how her brother died as a baby and is adamant about that being true. So we go about thinking that, you know, Lita's going to be surprised to find out her brother survived and, you know, she'll be happy about it or something. Nope. That doesn't happen. One, the first thing I'll point out, we go through, I will say, I think it was a really cool scene of exposition with, was the way they used that family tree thing when Lita explained her family tree. I just thought it was really sad. The, she said, my father had a family tree and it literally magically started growing a family tree and it showed pictures of all the men and she said the females, the women of the family were just displayed as flowers. I just thought it was so sad. Mm-hmm. And I thought it just, it just, it was just another step in just making us realize how horrible her dad was as a person. Right. It, it, like, I felt like it was so, um, it's so sad and so compelling yeah. because it's like a weird, bittersweet kind of perspective on like a misogynist mm -hmm. philosophy Yeah. to view women as flowers. To be seen and not heard. Yeah. Seen and not heard. And they're beautiful, but useless. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's like, it's, it, it's it's like when um, someone tries to say that like oh they're colorblind like I'm colorblind I don't see color mm -hmm. um, it's like well that's fucking still racist yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, 
like I, I understand your intention and you're trying to say that you know mm-hmm. like like the color doesn't matter and you still treat people with uh, the same with the yeah. same type of respect yeah. no matter what their color is um but you should see color yeah. i mean like that you're being uh, proactively oblivious if yeah. you don't see color um but at that sort of like well-intentioned but still fucked up uh perspective is like something that's like really interesting yeah um and it's like really quickly like hinted at Mm -hmm. um within her family with like the whole rose thing i thought that was really cool i thought it was the 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 visual effect was visual it kind of it kind of harkened back to uh in the seventh movie of harry potter when they told the story of the three brothers, mm-hmm. how they did a cool visual aspect. Obviously this didn't last as long or have mm-hmm. as much um, work done in post, like of the whole inky story thing. But I thought it was, it kind of reminded me of that in a way of a cool visual representation True. of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting to the twist, we find out by the end that because of Lita, Lita telling the story about how she killed her brother, not, she didn't murder him or anything. She just, she made a mistake as a child and swapped babies. It was, it's a weird story. But you buy into it. You're like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- so the real brother drowned in a shipwreck. Credence was the baby she switched. It just so happens that according to Gellert Grindelwald, he is a Dumbledore. How? Hell if I know, dude. I That was like the thing. When I walked, this was me after the movie. I was shook. Mm-hmm. I, I I was sitting in the in the seat, trying to wrap my head around how it was possible. I was like doing math in my head, and I was like, "If he, because we know, because J.K. is so thorough, we know timeline. Timeline is thoroughly thought out. In this movie, Dumbledore is forty six years old. We know when his parents both died. Now, he doesn't have to be both of their kid. That's you know, his dad went to jail well before his mother died. It could be." another dude's kid, but then he wouldn't technically be a Dumbledore. So that kind of, that's weird. Um, but the youngest that, that Credence could be and be Dumbledore's brother is 28 years old. There's no way in hell he's 28. Right. There's no way. But I shared, my, my initial theory was this one that I shared with you after we saw it. It's kind of confusing and you have to keep like, so... Dumbledore's sister was a was a pretty uh, big plot point in the Harry Potter, especially in the last book. She, uh, we learned a lot about Dumbledore's backstory in the last book, in the last two movies. We learned that he had a sister who died when he was seventeen years old. We learned that that sister was ill her whole life and was never allowed to go to school, and was never really allowed outside very much. And his mother Kendra uh, was always taking care of her. Uh, and that there was a point where some muggle boys picked on Ariana, his sister, when she was a girl. And that's how Dumbledore's father got sent to Azkaban. His father attacked these muggles boys. So they sent him away to Azkaban. So now it's Dumbledore, Albus, his brother Aberforth, their sister Ariana, and their mom Kendra. Well, not too much later, Kendra passes away. And there's always just these rumors. Kendra of, is the mom? Kendra's the mother. See, I'm already like Yeah, it's it. hard to, it's hard to keep up with. We, we, we know that, or we, we don't know what's wrong with Ariana. The, ru- the rumors swirl around the wizarding world of, you know, what's wrong with the Dumbledore family, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Albus Dumbledore is this prodigal, pro- prodigy 
of a of a of a wizard. He's super famous before he even graduates from Hogwarts. And it just so happens he spends a summer right after his mother passes away. Gellert Grindelwald comes to Godric's Hollow where they live and they become friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they share these these radical ideas and he is seduced by Grindelwald's presence into thinking his ideas are right of the greater good in this. You don't have to say presence. You can say wiener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's a big fight where Aberforth gets mad at dump at Albus. He says, you're neglecting our sister and you want to run off and take over the world with your boyfriend. And they get in a fight. The three of them get in a fight. Mm-hmm. And in that fight, Ariana dies. Now, why is this important to what's happening now and what and who Credence is? The It's not confirmed, but because of the first Fantastic Beast movie, it is assumed that Ariana was an Obscurus. The same thing that Credence is. That, that welled up magical power that is suppressed and then kind of explodes out in moments of stress. My theory is that when Ariana died... Her essence, the Obscurus, moved to someone else and took over another child. So that would give you maybe another like nine years, I think, of leeway. I think she was nine when she died. Okay, so now he can be 19. That fits. Right. Credence could, is easily 19 years old. Right. Uh, I, I think Ezra Miller said in the first movie he was 18. Right. So I, I think, one, I think that's super cool. If that's what happened. It's just super interesting. Another theory I've seen is that maybe he's Aberforth's son, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's anywhere near as cool. Right. Um, or the other theory that Grindelwald's just lying to him. Yeah, that's about... the... Yeah. Or is Grindelwald just lying? Yeah. But they use the whole Phoenix bit to sort which of is, persuade us into thinking it's real. Which is ultra kind of... That would be the lamest thing. If he yeah. was just... If he's lying a little bit, cool. If he's just lying overall, that'd be like if Kylo was lying about Ray Ray's parents not being anyone. It'd be like, well, why did you even do it in the first place? You know what I mean? I wouldn't say that's the same thing. You don't think so? No, because Kylo's saying like, oh, like you're nothing. Like that is him. Uh, like it's like the the difference between uh, you know coincidence putting you into conflict versus coincidence bringing you out of conflict. Mm-hmm. I would say it's kind of like okay, similar to I can that. See that. I can like just because that. it's a coincidence, like doesn't mean that it's yeah. a, a bad story technique, but it, as long as it's used in the right way. Okay. Um, I can agree with that. What, what your initial reaction to, to Grindelwald saying your name is Aurelius Dumbledore. Are you into the idea of him being related to Dumbledore? Did, the the reason doesn't... I ask this is because I saw online reactions being like, just no, just please, no, come on. And I was like, I think that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I think people are ultra precious about shit. Mm-hmm. I think people are like, oh, so I think people might uh, be thinking that he's, that they're just shoehorning, like, oh, he's a Dumbledore. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool, right? They think that that's what's happening, but yeah. I think it's more compelling than that. Yeah. Yeah, I was blasted and surprised and super into it. It just makes me that much more interested in the upcoming films. I just, I was like, Oh, give me more. Well, and it, it raises the stakes Mm -hmm. for the fight between Dumbledore and, um, and Grindelwald too. Yeah. Cause not only now is it just a fight over the fate of, you know, the wizarding world and this just young boy's Mm -hmm. soul, but Mm -hmm. now it's your brother. Mm -hmm. It's just that much more. Yeah. I was really into that. Oh, I was also really into the, 
uh, one of the things going into the movie was why can't Dumbledore just fight Grindelwald now? I was interested to see how they did that. Mm-hmm. That little blood pact thing I thought was super cool. Right. It was interesting. Uh, but then now they have to figure out how, how to, to destroy it, how to break the blood, how pact. to bl- break the blood pact. Yeah. I thought that whole scene that I love the mirror of Erised scene when Dumbledore looked into it and he saw, mm. cause I think that's an, I think that's interesting. That's another like good plot device. Yeah. The mirror of Erised. Yeah, yeah. Just cer- certainly, um, something that you look in finding and shows someone, your, your yeah, truest like, desire. Th- it's so much revealed to a character. Yeah. Like if you're writing a character, you should mm. know what their fear is and, and what, what their, their desires, desires are. Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah. And, I think that's an interesting scene because you look in and what does Dumbledore see when he looks in a mirror that shows you your greatest desire? He shows him, it shows himself doing it, doing it as a boy. Is his greatest desire to return to that time in his life? Is his greatest desire to do that again? Doing the blood pact? Yeah, it it goes, it shows, uh, it shows, he puts his hand on the mirror and then young Grindelwald's hand is on the mirror. Mm -hmm. And then we, when we transition back to Dumbledore, it's young Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And then they show the blood pact scene. So I, I think it just op- it just kind of opens up these kinds of what does Dumbledore want, and and my guess would be to go back to that time and do things right. Maybe would be Dumbledore's greatest desire. I think maybe in his mind he could if he could go back to that moment that he could do it a different way, and maybe you know Grindelwald doesn't become the monster that he is today, and maybe his sister never dies, and he can fix everything mm-hmm. if he could go back to that moment. And famously. When he's an old man, he still looks in that mirror. We don't know what he sees as an old man, but we do know that he tells Harry he sees himself holding a pair of woolen socks, and mm-hmm. we know he's lying. Right. <laughs> I just it's I think it's really interesting. I thought that was really cool. I could talk about this movie in this world for hours. But. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, the mirror of Irised does it? Does your des- I mean your desire can change throughout your life, right? Sure, absolutely. Does what you see in the mirror change ever? I would say most likely, uh, certainly, I would think if your desires change, there's no reason that your oh, your I mean, even heart is so. Rates. Even in the first movie, like the first, the very first uh, uh, in Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. fucking Harry sees his parents, his parents the first time. But when he's actually in the now, whatever, when he when he when he goes to is that the, in the Sorcerer's book? Stone? Yeah, he. But Dumbledore put magic on the mirror. Okay. Dumbledore did some magic-y stuff. He trapped the stone in the mirror, and the only person who could get it out is someone who didn't intend to use it. Right. So that's kind of, is the mirror still the same? We don't know. Um, but I think, like, you know, if you put me in front of that mirror when I was a kid, it probably would have showed me, like, playing football or something. Mm-hmm. If you put it in front of me now, that's not what I would see. I, You know? Yeah. I certainly think that it could change. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't have anything. Yeah, else I I could go on yeah. on and on, but this I think is by far longest. Yeah, episode. I think uh, in terms of this movie, I think we kind of touched on the important stuff. I really enjoyed it, and I'm even more looking forward to the movies that come, mm-hmm. and specifically Jude Law. Yeah, and uh, for those that aren't huge Harry Potter fans, like, and say if you're. Uh, significant other or friend is a huge Harry Potter nerd and they want to go out and see this movie and you're kind of like ah no like not another Harry Potter movie um, it, it it goes down really easy um, like it goes down smooth and it's enjoyable and you'll leave this movie feeling very wholesome you know like it, it I, I, would, I would say and entertained that, yeah yeah it, it, it's not yeah it's not a hard watch at all no so um, Just, don't be don't be too tentative and don't don't watch this movie for the first time like 
checking your phone and stuff though because you'll you'll you might end up lost by the end mm-hmm. you'll be confused as to why everyone is there sure um yeah but this has been our spoiler episode for fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald he's chris i'm kyle catch him chris michael stott Dot com for his website, Chris Michael Stott on Instagram. Find me, Davinwell25 on Twitter and Instagram. Find the show, TCAX Pod, The Chris and Kyle Show. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, podcasting platforms. Like, share, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Come back next week when we will air our poll winner for the month as a Thanksgiving celebration. <laughs> uh, the poll is going to close on Monday. So get your votes in if you haven't between Creed 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet, the sequel off. Hmm. Um, who's, who's winning right now? It's like dead heat. Oh, damn. Yeah. Like, I haven't looked at the YouTube. I don't know if anyone's interacted on the polls on YouTube. Because right. if, if you're on YouTube, you can, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know from Facebook and Twitter, they're like, I think it's 13 to 13 or something like that. <laughs> we, you know, they're, they're tight. 50 50 race right now uh anything else i think i think with that being said we are out we out stay weird peace